It's all about underpriced attention. 21st century Entertaining, educated, and inspired. Welcome, everybody, to um, podcast number five of Think Social, Think Savvy. Uh, this week, or this month, or this time, we're interviewing or speaking with uh, Mr. Damien Keyes. Can you stop using we? I'm sorry, I wasn't on this one. That's right, you didn't let me out. I'm not allowed down to London because apparently I'm not London. Mm-mm. So, okay, because I'm not London. Uh, I am London, Jack. Why don't you just tell us who Damien Keyes is? Damien Keyes is a very cool guy. Very, very cool guy. He did look very cool on the photos, I've got to say. I was a little bit jealous of Damien Keyes, a little bit. Because he came in, he had his black jumper on, he was fitted. He's got these little bracelet things on, looks pretty cool. I'm thinking, hmm... I did think that too. He looks cooler than you. Yeah, yeah, he did. I was a bit overdressed. But, great guy. Felt like he was the brother that I never really knew I had. Like, the twin brother. He's actually a year younger than me. So he could be the younger brother. But we're like, with the old head on his shoulders. Wise, been there, done it all before. I could also tell he was younger. Just saying. That's what happens, you see. That's why he looks cooler than you. Because, like, You're a bit older, aren't you? I do hope you listen to this episode right to the very end, because it's great. Full of insight, full of inspiration, full of plenty of stuff that you might find that will help you make your next decisions, inspire you to go out there and reach for the stars, because that is exactly what Damien Geese is doing right now. Damo, hello. How you doing? I have heard so much about you. <laughs> it's on since literally since the day David started, I've been getting tagged in on YouTube <laughs> videos, Facebook posts. This guy brought your book the he, first week. He's a legend. The first week of him starting, he says you need to read that. <laughs> and I got I, I like the cover. Thanks. I want to. Do you know the cover actually came about because it was a long story of leading up to the book, and one thing I found out about having. I mean, I've. The last book I read was Fantastic Mr. Fox, so I'm not a big reader. <laughs> uh, and when it came to writing a book, I was approached by a publishing company and they said, do you want to write a book? And mm-hmm. I was like, no, that's t- I can't read hardly. Um, and I went for this meeting with this guy who was the oldest man. I think he was about as old as the sun. I mean, he was <laughs> so old. Uh, and he said, um, he said, what do you want to call your book? And I was like, I don't know. And I came up with basically F, F plan B. He's like, you can't call it that. It's not going to get in W.H. Smith's. Yeah. I was like, mate, my book's never going to get in W.H. Smith's. Anyway, I learned then when I went into it, I, was, I started studying other people's books and I just thought, God, they're all boring. Mm-hmm. So I just thought, I'll just put something really offensive on the front. <laughs> so, it, so it never gets... Say, you can say fuck. Oh, can I? Can yeah, I? Yeah. I was going to call it fuck plan B. Yeah, but yeah. Then he said, you can't. And, and I was like, I can do it. It's my book. I can do what I want. And I just thought, actually, my, I probably can't do that. But I thought I'll put something offensive on it so that way it can never get into W.H. Smith's. What did it feel like when somebody approached you to write a book i mean i didn't know that bit i mean that that must have been a feeling it was weird because i remember thinking it was a you know like one of those jokes that your mates pulled so when he said do you want do you want to write a book a publishing company and i i remember thinking i mean i i I can't i've never why would you think i could write a book so he went he made me go for this meeting um and he had these little tiny glasses like scrooge um and i'd written he'd give me a lot of questions and i'd just sort of written all the answers and the first thing he just looked at, it, he peered over his glasses and he just kind of went, 
so for title, you've called it Fuck Plan B. <laughs> and as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, no, I'm in trouble. So he also sounded a bit like Yoga. <laughs> Yoda. <laughs> He's so old. And then, and then he was like, you can't. And then he told, me, he told me all of the things that were wrong with it. And by the time I was like, hang on a minute. I was like, why do I need you in the first place? I'll write my own book. Yeah. And I'd it's not your book. Exactly. Back and I, off. I'd, I'd gone from this meeting thinking, why am I going to write a book? And I was so angry. I'd left and I got on the train from London back to Brighton. And by the time I got back, I was like, well, I will write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, Mr. Yeah. Old Man. And then that was how it started. And then I just remember sitting there with a piece of paper thinking, how do you write a book? Yeah. Like literally YouTubing everything. How do you start to write a book? That was the first thing. So, yeah. And then I got in touch with uh, someone who writes books and said, Please help me. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and that's how it came about. How long did it take you? Um, well, I allocated, I'm not particularly organized. So the way I have to do things is like a baby. So I allocated every Wednesday from two o'clock until eight o'clock in the evening. And that was book time. So yeah. nothing else could be booked in my diary. And that was the time that I just sat writing books, writing the books. So probably about six months to write it. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you don't think about things like editing and spelling and grammar and all those things that has to go through with it and book covers and trying to get it onto Amazon and all those other things that mm-hmm. I never even thought about. Yeah. So, and how yeah. did you, I mean, t- talk me through it. You've, you've written the book, you've got your printed copies, and then what? So my plan was to, to self-release it, which I did, and I just thought, I don't really know how this works, but but I've been preaching about social media. The book's about social media. I can't not sell the book. <laughs> so I thought, right, well, I'll just do all of the things that I preach about in the book and all of the things I believe in with social media. But there was definitely this part of me which which was thinking, I, I really hope this works because this is stuff that I talk about all of the time. I yeah. really hope this works. So I just did all of the things that I talk about. And then... Um, and it kind of, something went wrong with Amazon. It was supposed to come out a week later mm-hmm. and we were really having problems. Never published a book before. And I remember getting um, a, just a text from a friend of mine saying, oh, congratulations on the book coming out. And I was like, the book hasn't come out. And she was Wait, like, what? I just bought it. And I was like, oh. so I at the, I remember it was like 11 at night or half 10, 11 at night. I texted my PA and I was like, the book's out. <laughs> she was like, do you want me to stop it? I was like, no, go, just like get everyone to buy it. So yeah. at that point it was, texting everyone getting on social media and then for the next week we just went on this like social media campaign but the very next morning we went on a rampage to try and just to sell it and then not that it means a lot but then it it sort of you you watch it go up the amazon rankings so mm-hmm. all of a sudden then it goes into into these different categories and then all of a sudden it, it just pops up you, know, you get number one in in this category and number one in that category wow. and, and it's it what's weird about it is your book is is just sat in number one spot whilst like Seth Godin's book <laughs> is number two or Gary Vaynerchuk's number three and you're thinking this is weird how many screen grabs have you got with all oh, that kind of all stuff? of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> ran out of room and yeah. another one and another one but it's the weirdest feeling but the best thing was once it, it once it carried on selling the first couple of weeks when you sell a book you just think oh I've got it everything's all go and then you keep promoting it but the best bit is just people keep buying it. <laughs> just keep getting these royalty checks. It's like being, I've I've had weirdly enough more royalty checks as an author than I've had as a musician. <laughs> oh wow! Mm. Well, so you're on to your second book, third book now. Third book. Yeah, second book came I am out. Sorry. And third book is it, well, third book is 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 at the moment in my brain. It's a it's in the pipeline. 
And when I first started working with um, Siobhan, who helped me write this book, she was amazing. And she mm. said, your, 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 the big book is number four. Because when you write a book, everyone goes, oh, that's really good. You wrote a book. Well done, you. When you write a second book, they go, oh, okay. I didn't realize you, this was going to be an ongoing thing. When you write your third book, people people are sort of cottoned onto it going, oh, I, I see. But then when you write your fourth book, that's the point where you can just really get New, the numbers. New York bestseller. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's another thing. No one tells you those things. You just mm. go, oh, what's a, what is a New York bestseller? Yeah. Apart from, like, does it have to sell in New York? Or does it, <laughs> like, does it have to sell around the world? And what are the numbers like? And and the the average, do you know, the, this is a great stat. The average number of books or the average number of sales a book gets in its lifetime is 200 that's the average book that is taking every single book and then and then looking at it as an average so you've got everything from harry potter and right the way through to you know some someone dude who's written a, a book in the basement the average number is 200 books wow doesn't sound a lot does it, it doesn't sound a lot at all <laughs> so from not not even contemplating writing a book to being approached to now would you say it's a, a bug that you've got or is it is it that number four that that target that you're going for i don't know four oh, that's a good question I think I am going to do it just because I feel like everything in my entire life has been trying to prove somebody wrong. <laughs> That's my whole life is just going, oh, yeah, well, watch this. So I feel like now I'm I'm, I'm sort of in it. So I think I, I feel like I need to get to book four or five, even though I've got no idea. <laughs> I've got no idea what book four or book five is going to look like or, or be yeah. about. But I think what's weird is you start getting people asking you, mm -hmm. so oh, when's your next book coming out? And, mm -hmm. and then you think, oh, I should probably write one first. I mean, but. the beauty is you've already got so much going off in your life, yeah? Yeah. You've got, I would imagine, a, a ton of material about to go because of just life itself, of where you're going next with your journey. Give us a little bit about, about that. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, there's lo I, I think the main thing is trying to push myself out of my comfort zone i think that's the thing and especially because r the sort of written stuff is so not my thing so pushing yourself out of it and trying new things makes it more fun so the new thing is i'm moving from where i am in brighton to new york in the next six or seven months and i've got an, i've got an idea for expanding the business i've got into into america okay but the big thing really is just to go there and try and crack a huge market yeah which i've got no idea will work or yeah. not but so give us a bit about your business what is it that you do officially to be honest with you we jumped we jumped about five or six questions on yeah do we? yeah i was gonna i was gonna ask you about uh, all of this stuff last but as it happens it just we're going reverse this is like reverse. this is like a tarantino movie yeah exactly yeah <laughs> let's go back to the beginning so we'll go back to the beginning now so what is it that you do okay so i, I am a musician i would class myself as a musician first and foremost mm -hmm. so so my background is in music education. In fact, my background is in mostly failing everything. Mm -hmm. So I, f I mean, I failed my school. I failed GCSEs. Man after my own heart. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, what makes it worse is once I failed my GCSEs, I failed all of them, and my mum made me go back and redo my GCSEs. So all my mates went off to college and I had to reset the, I was the kid who had to do the year again. So I resat the entire year and I failed them all a second time. Well, I got one. So I, I, I resat them, got one GCSE. And at that point, um, it was obvious I wasn't going to be a lawyer. So mm -hmm. I thought, well, I'm, I'm really into music. Into I was a bass player. So I, I, I told my mum I was going to be a, a rock star and to not worry about it. Got, got into a band, 
that started actually going quite well. Got a record deal with a with a, a small independent company. Did quite well. Then that got to uh, we got signed to a major label. So when you get signed to a major label in the music industry, it's very similar to getting signed to to a massive football club. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden, when Man United come knocking at your door, you don't say no. Yeah. Even if you're thinking, I don't know if I'm going to sit on the bench, but you still say yes anyway. Yeah. So we got signed by this this massive um, uh, record label, put hundreds of thousands of pounds into it. I was 18, knew nothing about the music industry, nothing about how the business worked, just a kid in a band having fun. Mm-hmm. Didn't realize that what happens is they sign lots and lots of bands hoping that one of them is going to break through, similar to a, to a football team. Cool. And if you don't break through, they just drop you. So that's what happened to us. We just got dropped. Right. So I was like 19. I'd failed school. I thought I was going to be a rock star, then wasn't. So at that point, I thought, well, I don't know what to do next. So I started working in a factory, which was a shampoo factory. And I lasted about four hours before I just thought, this is not for me. Yeah. And just thought, look, I'm going to do whatever it takes, whatever it takes as a musician. So then I just moved to um, Guildford, in, in just outside of London. Um, went to college and met some really amazing people, started my journey as a musician, just, you know, just started playing anywhere, anywhere, anytime, whatever, I'll just play a gig. Um, and then over time, if you do that, you get good at it, meet more people. Then I started getting more and more gigs, which led to more tours. And then from there, um, got into music education, which is where I, I sort of stayed, which was, um, I helped build the college that I studied at. And then after that, left there and built a music college in Brighton with what was at the time my business partner and my best mate we just went and built a university like you do like yeah it sounds crazy but at the time it started I mean it it was a different time and it was very much more smaller then so it started off where you know 300 students was our kind of our target Mm -hmm. and then it just kept kept growing so we ended up with I mean, now it's got six and a half thousand students, but no at the time it was 300 students was our kind of, that was our target. I think the first year we had 200 and second year we had 400 and then every year it would just double again and again. Um, and, so, and that was, that was kind of my main thing really was education. I just, I, I found that for me, I wasn't, I, I didn't enjoy going on tour. The idea of being on being on planes or more importantly it was i'd love the idea if it was you know when people go oh being on planes yeah well it was being on buses <laughs> or in vans yeah. is the reality and so i just thought oh, i'm just city after city after city doing the same thing it feels like groundhog day so much waiting around mm-hmm. and i just thought oh, it's not really it's not really my cup of tea i like doing things so the music education side of things really worked so and then from there sold that business about eight or nine years ago and then started a band just just to de-stress and play, mm-hmm. which turned into a, a sort of mini business. But the real crux of it was about three years ago. I thought I need to, I need to really think about social media because it was obviously a thing. It was mm-hmm. obviously quite important. And I'd come from building businesses in an era where you you'd advertise in magazines, in papers, on radio, maybe on TV. Yeah. But you don't advertise on social media because that was what children do. And and all of a sudden, it, it just it exploded. And I, you know, when something goes, and you just think, "Oh, I missed, <laughs> I yeah. missed that." So I just thought, I've got two options. I either become a dinosaur, like a lot of 
a lot of my peers I could see around just not understanding it and I was looking at their businesses facing this abyss and abyss and I was thinking or I go with it yeah so I just thought I'll start up some social media platforms and I'll just experiment and learn and I found out that because it's such a young industry mm -hmm. like so new especially then three years ago even then was like it was so s small because it wasn't the internet it was social media marketing in the internet so yeah. you're looking at something which is five or six years I mean people will say ten years old but I mean yeah it's really come to I light that's a really good way of looking at it mm. I think that's the fear isn't it everybody assumes that it's the internet and it's not yeah I couldn't put that better myself actually you know it's it's, it's own thing yeah and if you start combining the two together you've got social wrong already absolutely you know and so then it was like well I need to learn so I just started making these videos and then this weird thing happened where people kept coming to me for advice and, and I'd put myself out there as the music industry guy mm -hmm. on social media yeah. and then people were coming asking me about social media and then and I was I remember thinking oh, I'm not I'm not the social media guy I'm the I'm the music industry guy but people were going no that's fine but tell me more about the social media stuff and I, I just thought actually I guess because of my business background I guess I come from a marketing background mm -hmm. anyway so it kind of makes sense and then so I just thought, well, if I'm going to go with it, now's the time. Jump in both feet and just, you know, give so, it a go. So would you would you say you were not forced into it, but it was a, a happy accident? Yeah, it, yeah, happy accident. And I, I remember just thinking, I either shut this down and say, look, I'm not interested in social media. I'm just doing this for my own thing. Or, you know, we're about to go into a time over the next 10, 20, 30 years when no one, you know, all these people like Gary Vaynerchuk guessing what's happening next, brilliant, but no one's got a clue what's happening. Absolutely. We're all looking at this thinking, marketing today is very different to what marketing was even five years ago. And mm -hmm. because because it's so young and it's changing so quickly, you know, all of a sudden an algorithm will change on one platform and mm -hmm. everything will change. And all of a sudden now everyone's talking about TikTok and then last week someone's going oh tiktok yeah but it's, it's very hard to grow on tiktok now and i'm thinking it's only about 20 minutes old <laughs> and everyone's now triller that's the new thing you got to get on triller and i'm like what's triller oh, it's the same thing yeah. and all of a sudden my brain is going god it's so fast it's like it's like when you're a kid and you go into the you go to the right club because yeah. you're cool and then all of a sudden that click that club just becomes uncool for whatever reason and it's another club and if you're in the know you jump onto the other club yeah. but if you're not you're the you're the uncool guy do you would you say it keeps your interest because it changes so often it, it actually keeps your interest definitely yeah. yeah and i love that i love the fact that i'm i'm just watch i, I just love watching it. i find the whole thing like it's it's just like a netflix series i'm just watching it, it and and just watching the rise and the fall and things changing and it's just so interesting because I think people really re read in a lot to social media and how complicated it is. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's complicated. In fact, I think we're in a time now where it isn't as complicated as people make out that it is. I think a couple of years back, we were all searching for the answers. Yeah. And I, actually, I was listening to one of your last podcasts and you, you talked about this and you were saying um, that, you know, sometimes you have to hold people's hands with social media and a lot of people worry about social media and i think you're right i think people have got to the point where they know that it's not that complicated mm -hmm. but they're also knowing that it's a heck of a lot of time yeah. 
And so therefore, it's not so much that I don't understand it. It's like, I haven't got time for that. Yeah, I don't I, want to do it. Yeah, I haven't got, yeah. like, you know, Gary Vaynerchuk's going, do another one, <laughs> do another platform, make another thing. And you're like, I do have to eat and I do have to sleep yeah. and I, I have to run a business and I do have to do the, these other things. And, and so it's trying to find the most slimmed down sort of biggest bang for your buck without damaging the business, if that Perfect. makes sense. How can I make a, one piece of content which will do the most amount of damage instead of trying to make 300 pieces of content per day and then not actually doing the thing that I'm supposed to be doing in the first place. 100%. Well, I mean, do you have a preferred platform that gives you yeah. the biggest bang? It, for me, it's YouTube. Mm -hmm. And I think I think everyone everyone's different. And I think the reason why is I like long-form content. Yeah. I'm probably, you know, I'm slightly older, so therefore... I, I will sit down for 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes and watch something and actually take it in with with all of my attention. Yeah. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Instagram, not because it's not great, it's amazing. It's just for me, I tell musicians off for a living. Mm -hmm. And so while people are scrolling through Instagram and they're looking at great pictures of puppies or food or and then I pop up shouting at them, it doesn't really fit into that context. I always say, to be honest with you, wherever the the attention is that's where the money is mm. because you with attention you can deliver so much value yeah in a, any news feed linkedin facebook twitter tiktok you have seconds yeah with youtube you have 20 minutes yeah you know if you grab somebody's attention and it's value great instagram stories you know you've got three seconds in the news feed but in the stories you can have 60 seconds mm. you can have longer two three minutes if you are constantly broadcasting your stories where the true value is it's in the attention and if you've got that you're solid and also some people can do that so much better than me like for example you know some people you look at Inst you look at them for instagram and they can get that attention in three seconds because yeah. you look at them and go wow they look amazing or they've got that talent and they can grab your attention in one second mm -hmm amazing i just you know i can't do that so therefore i have to look at my skill set and what i can bring to the table and i can say well i can bring you experience but i'm going to explain it in 10 minutes and so that's what i do mm. but if you need it to be in three seconds then someone else will do that you know that you get people like was it joe wicks who used to do those 15 second yeah. menu uh, meals or whatever it was lean like, in 15 yeah lean in 15 it was like that's brilliant it's genius mm. and then someone else will say well that's, that's what he does and i'll do an hour and, and, and other people will like that so it's you, you kind of find your feet i think I think if you you know if you can have a whole team of people like I've got a friend who actually is um who was a business partner of, of Gary V mm -hmm. and um he was like I, I was in New York and I was chatting with him and I was like oh my god it's amazing what he does it's like the work ethic and he was like it, it is amazing don't get me wrong he is yeah. incredible but he says do you know how many people work for him full time and I was like yeah he's got like he's got like six or seven full time people and he went no 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 he's got 33 full time yeah. staff and I was like oh yeah, that's a lot of people. He's like, it's yeah. a little bit of a lie, isn't it? It's yeah. crazy. It I mean, who's got who's got thirty three people to work on their yeah. personal brand? Well, you know, Gary V does. <laughs> Gary V does, and this is I think this is my biggest problem. I love him to bits, mm. um, and I must admit, I I used to watch him before VaynerMedia. Right. I, I used to watch the um, the wine. Club. Oh, did you? Yeah, and and I, and I signed up to his podcast at the time. He did a video podcast, and he used to do videos from his chair right. uh, at Wine Library, and and. I, it used to frustrate me because it was so inconsistent. Right. And like, yeah, watch the next week's one. And I watched the very first time he did that, that video where he's doing the sales pitch uh, about advertising on his blog. Right. And I'm like, yeah, that's genius. It's so simple. Why isn't everybody doing it? Cold calling, you've got to do it so easy. Um, and then I must have waited five weeks before the next episode. Right. 
And I'm like, Gary, you're letting everybody down, <laughs> you know? So I sent him a message and he responded straight away. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And then I'm putting out content and I, and I tag Gary Vee. And I mean, this is on my Facebook page from about eight years ago. Wow. And, and he's like, hey, Rick, yeah, I completely agree with you. And he tagged me in and the, and the business and stuff like that. And now all of a sudden he's up here and I kind of think, where are I must have been asleep. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because I was, I was, I was talking social all the way back then, and I'm thinking I must have been asleep all this time. I mean, he is—he's like, gone. He is—he does have mad skills. I mean, just the way he speaks is so fast. Like yeah. his brain is so fast. I know. I used to say, "Ah, oh, you know, I haven't got that much skill. I don't have that much talent." But you find. Uh, I find I, I outwork most people. Yeah. You know, I think you, that's that's a thing when you're an entrepreneur or when you're not saying I'm that, but when you build businesses. I would say so. You you do. Oh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. You outwork. I mean, the, the, the things that you've done, the things that you're doing now. And it's, it's just work. You know, it's just going, I'll just, you know, I, I'll just have to. I mean, the new thing is um, I'm working on this idea, this doc. I'm working on a documentary. I thought well, that'd be a fun thing to do. I'll make a documentary. As soon as you come up with the idea, then it's like, right, I'm going to do it like the book. Then you think, oh, I'm going to fit this in because it's extra. I yeah. can't, I can't axe anything. So where's it going to go? So you just go, do you know what? I'll just, I'll wake up an hour earlier and then I can, I've got an extra hour before I wake up. No problem at all. But I was like, you know, you hard, hard push to outwork me. Then I saw the stuff he was doing and I was like, oh no, <laughs> oh no, I can't, no, no. I just can't physically work that fast, that hard, that intense. Do you have a routine? Do you like, do you get up at a set time every day? You have a routine about getting your, you're working, all that kind of stuff. I do, yeah. I think this is quite interesting because for most people I know, so I have this um, a business breakfast once a month with a bunch of other people who own businesses and we all we all go there. Every first Thursday of the month, we all get together, about 12 of us, and we all sit down and we talk about whatever's, whatever's going wrong in someone's business. We help each other out, we chat. Um, but what I find really interesting is we're always looking for these answers of mm -hmm. how we get the routine, how we build something. And I'm I'm the same, you know. I'm still looking. I'm still thinking. I'm I'm pretty unorganized, so I'm constantly looking at YouTube. How can I maximize my day? How can I get more proactive? What can I do? How can I tweak things? And I'm just as terrified of not being productive as anyone yeah. else. And I think it always comes back to the same thing, which is if I've got the passion to do something, and I'm prepared to sacrifice some, you know, time, money, effort then it's usually the basics. It's usually, I've got an iPhone, I set reminders, I put stuff in my calendar, and then it literally says, yeah. I, I, I swear on myself quite a lot on my yeah. on my calendar. So so instead of just putting the meeting, I'll put five minutes before, and I'll be Good. like, you know, finish the meeting, dickhead. You got <laughs> and I find that funny, and that just motivates me to just go, oh, I've got to finish this one, because I've got to start it. But I think the biggest thing for me is accountability. Yeah. So I have a, a PA who's amazing, and, and because I'm useless, I will go to a meeting and I'll sit there for two hours. <laughs> You're not. I know. They've been telling me, Rick, you need, an, uh, you need a PA. You it's need the best PA. thing I ever did. Really? Yeah, honestly, because even silly things like you, you go into meetings and, and you just chat it. How's your day? It's fantastic. And like when you've got a PA who just goes, you've got 20 minutes and you go, we, we should start. And then 20 minutes in, it's like, you've got to go. Where I would have just been like, no, it's fine. I we'll know. get the next train. <laughs> and so all of a sudden, I'm getting like three times as much done because I'm accountable to someone yeah. who's just saying, no, stop that. You can't do that. And if you can't fit it in in 20, because everything that you do, whatever that Newton's law or whatever mm. the thing is, where you can, 
you you can fit the thing into whatever time you give yourself sure. but if you give yourself three times longer it will just take you three times longer to 100%. do it i am that i'm that guy if you me give me too. a day to do something i'll do it in a day if you give me 20 minutes i'll just go oh, i'll just knock that out in 20 minutes done and it's and it's probably to the same standard yeah uh, as much yeah. you, you see it would probably not be any better yeah and and i'm often like hard on myself come away disappointed thinking god i wish i were better than that yeah i wish i was much better at that you know do you find that when people say things like oh you're working really hard and you're achieving a lot and you actually look at your own self and just go i just don't i just think i'm i think i'm only on 50 percent. i still feel like i've got so much more always but i'm but I'm, my brain is still going oh, don't you fancy watching that youtube yeah. <laughs> oh you, do, you should go and get some toast you know yeah. all of a sudden you still i'm still in that mindset where i'm just going i feel like i'm constantly not letting myself down but just thinking look looking at someone a like gary v because of the way he's pr'd himself and mm-hmm. i, I, I want to be that guy yeah. i'm sure he's doing the same thing he would he's know? got to be yeah I mean, you know if you had 33 people around you imagine how much you could get done in oh, it'd be brilliant wouldn't it oh it'd be amazing or would it be brilliant <laughs> yeah <laughs> that many people holding you accountable yeah yeah I, but i saw you know th- things like um you know i've got friends that don't even look at their own email like it's mm. just like you know i say this quite a lot um which is i stay in my lane so i feel like i'm quite good at achieving things that are in my lane and then as a human being i'm pretty terrible at most things so so i can't cook like i mean i can't even this is really embarrassing but i don't even know how to use a washing machine (laughs) like no clue at all you know honestly not a clue so if you if listen you're a handsome fella okay (laughs) I would almost say we were twins. Yeah. If 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 stay if, in your lane, isn't it? Stay in your lane. Yeah. I don't know how to use a washing machine at all. No, I don't either. Yeah. I don't iron my own clothes or anything like but that. But that's why you get things done. <laughs> that's it. Because your brain is going. I, don't, I haven't got time to think about those things. Yeah. So I'll just turn up with <laughs> dirty trousers. Yeah. Honestly, it, I mean, I have a really good team around me, right. and and the thing that's helped me. Um, boom rocket if you like is just being completely self-aware right i agree i know i'm crap at this useless at that i'm really really good at this speaking to people getting people excited about social understanding the art science and psychology behind it all um i need a david yeah i need a ben i need an abby all these different people around me to make it all work uh, and that's exactly what I did. And so, therefore, you're the team builder, yes. which is so is so important because you know you can't all be the goalkeeper and you can't all be the striker. So you've got to have, you've got to recognize your position and just say, look, that's what I am, mm. but I can't do everything, and that's why it works. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, but I would say going back to question, I don't think I'm that organized. But when I've got passion for something, I'll figure it out. I'll just mm. stay up later, go get up earlier, mm. and I'll just sacrifice going out, and I'll just put more money into it, and I'll just write more to-do lists i mean i'm I'm exactly the same i'm like where can i put my i can't if i can't even find my to-do list how am i going to do the things on my to-do list i'm writing to-do lists i'm trying to help myself i'm watching matt diavella sort of videos on youtube trying to get better and self-improvement and meanwhile i'm just the same beating myself up going why can't i be why can't i be organized why can't i be that yeah person? why am i an idiot at half this stuff mm. you know, like everyone else. i think a lot of people are looking to other people thinking why how do they do it and i think a lot of it is is that you'll make it work if you if you want it that bad yeah. and you are prepared to start and and fix. I think that's one thing you'll probably have the same thing is a lot of people in in your team will come to you and 
and he and I remember saying this a few times where you just go just so we're all aware I've got I've got none of the answers either <laughs> the only difference is I'm prepared to stick a knife in it and go that's what we're gonna do yeah and I, you know and and everyone says okay then I'm prepared to make that decision but mm-hmm. just so we're all aware I'm just as clueless as everybody Good else you, yeah. I think <laughs> there's a the like a favorite saying of mine it's um it's actually a Conor McGregor saying, and he's like, we're all born equal. Yeah. It's just that my work ethic is different to yours. Yeah. You know, and that's really, really true. Yeah. You know, I sacrifice a lot to to make my unorganizedness work. Um, I sacrifice my time. Mm. Um, I have four kids at home, wow. actually, which is a lot. So I, I work till I, my cutoff point is around, I would say, Monday to Friday, uh, around seven o'clock i gotta go home i gotta see the kids and the wife and all that kind of stuff at some point but i'll sacrifice i'll get up at half five right rather than going home at nine ten o'clock at night i'll I'll sacrifice that time um because they don't need me or whatever yeah, it might yeah. be so that i can get stuff done and you know we're currently working at around 87 hours a week at the moment wow. just to get through things um and purely because of maybe my lack of skills elsewhere really uh but it's only me that goes without not anybody right. else and that's, that's the passion, isn't it? You go, but I want passion. it. So want therefore, it. what can I do to get it? I struggle to sleep because I want it that bad. Right. You know, it's it's more. It's, it becomes a strange, but healthy obsession. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So going back to YouTube, um, that's your chosen mm. uh, tool, if you like. Is there any sort of um, tricks, skills, thing? Because I'm I'm a late adopter of of YouTube. Always had a YouTube channel. Never took it seriously. Um, I, I'm probably at around 20 views per video right this moment in time. That's 20 more than a lot. It's a start, mm. okay? So I'm not shy, nor am I embarrassed of it. Um, you'll be at this stage where you're actually able to use YouTube as a bit of a social media tool now. Mm. The things that they've implemented, you've got the probably the subscriber base that allows you to put out posts, um, I would imagine, uh, right yeah, yeah. now. So again, uh, you know, how's that impacted things? It's amazing. And do you know what I would... I would urge anybody to get to, to take YouTube seriously. And I think the reason is is because because it's harder than most or not harder, that's the wrong thing, but because it I think it feels harder than a lot. Long form content to do it well. And I'm constantly learning about YouTube. Every day I'll put out a new video or every other day I'll put out a new video and I'll learn something from it. And I'm constantly watching other people and I'm watching the YouTube algorithm shift. Or not even the algorithm, just watching the trends mm-hmm. shift. Going, oh, if he does that, that's well, that's a thing now in YouTube. And this, you know, it was clickbait and then it was slightly less clickbait, and just things are changing constantly. But what what happens is the hardest thing to do is get a hundred subscribers, that's the hardest thing. But when you get to a thousand, it this weird thing happens where YouTube almost it almost let you get nine 999 subscribers, you hit that thousand, and YouTube goes. Oh, okay then. And yeah. it kind of opens the door a little bit. And all of a sudden, I mean, it took me, I remember it taking me a year to get to 1,000 subscribers. Mm-hmm. And then I got to like 1,100 in about th- three weeks. And yeah. I'm thinking, how did that happen? I literally took me a year to get to 1,000. And now wow. I've got an extra 10% in mm-hmm. two or three weeks. But I think YouTube starts to just open the door a little bit more, a little bit more. You know, when you get to a million, subs- not on there, but when you get to a million subscribers, getting to two million easy no yeah. problem youtube is is throwing you out everywhere mm-hmm. so the hardest part is that first sort of thousand and getting the view and it's more about the views than it is the subs but you know all of a sudden you hit momentum youtube is very different to a lot of the other platforms in the way that if you can keep that momentum going 
it will fight for it really fight for so you so is it consistency yeah with youtube would definitely you say? consistency and do also you have top three or five things that you would say that you know people now wanting to get on board with youtube must be doing right now yeah so so the main thing with youtube i would say is is people say you, you can't grow on youtube anymore it's, it's, it's nonsense there's there's more people on it you do have to innovate a little bit but the big thing with youtube is to follow some trends and and so on youtube for example a big trend is is instead of explaining what happened and saying i'm going to teach you something which we've had for the last 10 years now it's i'm going to show you how to do something mm -hmm. so if you're saying i did this and this is what happened yeah then people say oh, i'll watch that because I'm, I'm now invested and i'm, I'm going to give you my five or ten minutes if you just say i'm going to explain it's like oh, i've seen these videos time and time again it's a bit boring so you're seeing the rise of a lot of YouTubers like Mr. Beast who are taking things to a, a whole new dimensional level of saying, this is why I, I, I did this mm -hmm. and let me show you the results of it. Um, so that's a, that's a big thing. Um, but playing the YouTube game, the thumbnail and the title are really important. So when you start doing YouTube, you, you say, well, I want to make a video on mm -hmm. this. And so you just, you, you make it, you take a, a, a still of the video and you put you put the title in. Um, whereas if you can think about the title first, so you're not thinking of anything apart from the title and what's going to work on YouTube. So for example, if I, um, if I made a video of how to get a thousand subscribers on YouTube, there's the title mm -hmm. rather than, you know, growing on YouTube. So yeah. It's too vague. So you just think about how people might search for that particular yes. question and yeah. you answer it in the in the title. Yeah, and you can do the research. Go and find the videos that you like and see the title and then say, right, how can I make that title a tiny bit better? Mm -hmm. The thumbnail a tiny bit better, but the video much better. And yeah. you can get people to watch your videos. That's when it grows fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Listen, I could sit and talk to you for hours. I, I have not even got to the questions yet. <laughs> That's, that's literally as it is. I've not really got to the questions yet. And David's giving me the five. Okay. We've, got a, we've got a job interview to do. So listen, how can people find you? How can they get hold of you, follow you, engage with your content? So the other thing, the last tip I would say on that, Sorry. And, and this is why I'm for this, is if someone comments on any platform, you comment back. Mm -hmm. instead of comment with a thank you or a yes you comment with a question back again because if you shut someone down with a statement they'll go whereas if you ask them a question they'll add another question so therefore you're constantly trying to get people involved in it and so every piece of content or every question every dm every comment that comes through to any of my platforms comes straight through to my phone so anything with my name in it, Damien Keys, Instagram, Damien Keys one or Damien Keys, you'll you'll find me. YouTube, Damien Keys, Twitter, Damien Keys. It's just really, really crucial because that's the fastest way you grow. You look after people like they've never been looked after, and they'll tell everybody, mm -hmm. and it's very quick to grow. That's brilliant. Cool, brilliant. Listen, tell us how we can get all of Damien Keys, everything. Damien Keys, everything. If you can yeah. spell it, D A M I A N K E Y E S. Come and find me. Come and say hello. Matt, Matt, it's been a pleasure, dude. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Love it. Yeah. That was great. I mean, I could listen to that guy forever. It was almost like we were in the pub. Do you know what I mean? We're in the pub. We're having a chat about life, where we're going, what's happening. I mean, what did you think to that listening back? I hate you so much. So massively inappropriate. Uh, I can't answer that question, as you know, because I wasn't there. <laughs> and oh. for the for everybody listening, 
this has been recorded prior to uh, anybody being able to listen to the Damien Keys podcast, including me. So Rick likes, as you know, to put me on the spot, be a bit of a beep, and uh, also not dress as well as Damien Keys. So, but from what I understand from David, because I trust what David says, uh, it was really, really good. It was great. And to be honest with you, it's great to listen to his journey, the things that he's been through to get to where he is today. I mean, the guy's thinking about writing his fourth book, you know, inspiring movie. You know, we want to be in New York. That's part of our journey, but he's actually going ahead and doing it. You know what I mean? So it's just literally inspirational. So what I want people to do as a call to action from this to prove to me that you've listened from start to finish, share with us, be more social, um, what your hopes, dreams, wishes, aspirations are going to be. And email ben at bemorsocial.co.uk as to exactly what they are. And let's see if we can help you get you there. Do you know what my dreams and aspirations are? Maybe one day you'll let me go to London. We'll see. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Thanks for listening.